Hello there, welcome to episode 7 of Listen Linda, and since episode lucky number 7 uh, is here, I have a special guest, Katie Wilcox. Uh, Katie was one of was my boss when I first started ABA, and start, is now starting her own company surrounding leadership, and we're going to talk about that today. Awesome, thanks Linda. It's a privilege to be here, and I am so proud to see how far you've come in the field. So it's super exciting to to me to hear your podcast and the success that you've had with it. Thank you. I'm so excited to have you here, and um, I really appreciate talking about leadership and being able to ask you all these questions. But why don't you tell us a little about, about yourself and your current career path? Sure. Um, so as you mentioned, I've, I'm kind of a, I'm a BCBA or Board Certified Behavior Analyst by trade. I've been in the field for a little over 10 years working as a BCBA and in the industry. Um, so I've worked in a variety of settings and a variety of positions. Uh, I have kind of a passion for creating programs that fit a community need. And I've started three businesses focused on that. But most recently, I started an organization called Behavior of a Leader. And our mission is to use individualized evidence-based practices to elevate new leaders to reach their goals. Um, and I specifically like to focus on new leaders rather than executives because I want young leaders um, to kind of start off on the right foot and avoid making some of the mistakes that I did. So there's a lot of uh, leadership coaches out there who really focus on executive leadership, but I like somebody who kind of just moved into the management position and they're trying to kind of get the, the ropes and understand what it means to be a leader. Um, so I do kind of independent courses for BCBAs. I do one-on-one -on -one coaching, group training, um, and I just have really enjoyed, I, I just started probably two or three months ago, and I've really enjoyed the journey of um, helping new leaders find their path. Awesome. Um, it's funny you say all this, and it, I resonated with it so much because when I know when I started as a BCBA, you take on this huge leadership position in a sense, and um, it was really difficult at first because I didn't know how to maneuver around that, and it took years of experience to get to the point where I am now, where I feel very comfortable um, telling someone what to do without making it sound like I'm being bossy, but and also showing them that I'm not going to have them do something that I wouldn't do. I'm going to show them that I'm going to do something. and. Um, and ha and then ha teach them, make sure they feel comfortable working with a client and things like that. Yeah, and ABA, it's a unique industry, I think, in that really most of your graduate coursework doesn't talk about, like it might tell you how to provide supervision, which I kind of equate with management, but there's a whole different ballgame to being a leader and inspiring people to want to do what you're asking them to do. And there's nothing in your coursework that prepares you for that transition. And then you're thrown into that transition pretty much overnight once you pass your board. So um, I really love helping people kind of navigate that because I did it really poorly when I first moved into that position. And I hope I can help people avoid those mistakes that I made. You told a lot of people that initial story when you first started as a BCBA and it's... Yeah. Do you remember it? Yeah. What I'm talking about? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so when I started as a BCBA, um, as I mentioned, it, it's, I mean, it's just like many people who get promoted kind of overnight. You go from being best friends with your coworkers and then you're their boss. And I really felt the need to prove myself both clinically and as a strong boss. 
And so I really kind of ruled like a dictator. Um, so I like, I mean, I would set a timer and if somebody was supposed to have an eight minute break and they went to eight minutes and two seconds, I was like on them, like white on rice. Um, and I was not well liked in my position. Um, but I was really fortunate that I had a boss who kind of sat me down and said, um, what's that phrase? You, you attract more uh, bees with honey or something like that. Like you will get further if you, um, if you earn the respect of people rather than um, kind of this domineering attitude. And that really started my journey on learning what it means to be a leader. Um, and I, I talk a lot about like a management person or a manager versus a leader. Um, and I was a manager. I was managing what they did and I was a micromanager. Um, and that started my journey on what it meant to be a leader over a manager. So yeah, do do as I say, not as I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, um, when I first started out as a BCBA, I think I did feel the need to prove myself as well. And if I felt disrespected in any way, I took it so personally. And now I look back and I'm like, I think everyone's just doing what they think is best for them. I shouldn't be taking what someone does and going against what I say as a personal attack towards me. And that was something I had to learn. Yeah, so, that's hard. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely, because you're going from RBT, which is, you know, you're not much of a, it doesn't have much of a leadership role, and then straight into BCBA, like you said, and yeah, it, it's a it's a rough uh, transition there. Um, but what led you to start your own company? Um, and I ask this because some people, or ABA sometimes has this negative annotation around it, and so I wanted to kind of touch base on that and have you explain that part. Yeah. Started was uh, called Behavioral Momentum, and it was an in-home ABA company. And the story behind that, um, I had been practicing in the field for about five years. I'd gotten the breadth of my experience in one setting, and so I decided it was time to spread my wings and really go learn. Um, I had been primarily in a school setting, a private day placement. So I wanted to get experience doing in-home. I went and worked at a company um, and quickly discovered they had some unethical practices. They had some fraudulent billing and even illegal practices. Um, I tried to kind of give uh, management the benefit of the doubt. I went and talked to them. I brought them sort of what our board recommends and what uh, the Council for Autism Service Providers recommended. Um, and said, you know, this is what we should be doing to provide quality services. Um, and they did not change. And so really behavioral momentum was born out of what I perceived to be a community need. I thought that um, at the time I was in Loudoun County and I thought Loudoun County deserved to have um, an in-home ABA provider who cared about the quality of services over profits and cared about the ethics of the services that we were providing. Um, and really, I think I, I've started a couple companies, and I think they're all born that way. I just see that, um, I guess, what I perceive to be somewhat of an injustice to the population that we serve. And so I create a program to fill it. So I started Possibilities Academy because I actually partnered with a parent. Um, Linda, I believe you might have worked with, with that client. 
And uh, we got frustrated after years of trying to convince the public school system to write more appropriate vocational goals for her. Uh, they basically had her sorting silverware for years and years and years, and we thought she was capable of so much more. So we started a school, and I started um, an adult services program because I had people, clients who were graduating out of our services who didn't have anywhere to go. Um, and so for me, starting companies has never really been about the profits or the revenues or how much money I can make. Um, and right now, autism, to be honest, is a space where people are trying to make profit. Uh, but for me, it's always been about how can I meet the needs of the community and the population that we serve, and how can I provide a service that is needed um, for for that group of uh, individuals. Yeah, and I love that you start these companies, you know, with, with the heart and intention, the, the right intention. And so my question is, what made you take that leap of faith to do it? Because a lot of people want to do that, but then they get nervous because you know, it's a leap of faith. You have no idea where your business is going to go. You have no idea if you're going to be able to support yourself while trying to start a business. So, um, yeah, what made you take the leap of faith? Yeah, I'm sure. It's scary for sure. And I, I still feel it even, um, even today when I started Behavior of a Leader. Um, it is, you, you, what made me want to do it was I, I, a need for it. Like, there just weren't other people doing it. Um, when I looked for other in-home, like once I once I found out that that company had unethical practices, I knew I didn't want to put my license on the line for that. Um, and I interviewed a couple other places, this time with a better lens of questions to ask. And really no one in that area at the time met my criteria. And so I just had to do it myself if I wanted to do it. Um, in a way that I thought was what quality services should be. So it, it was really out of, out of a need, and that's true for any, or any business that I started. Um, it wasn't actually the best advice I ever got. I went to my accountant when I was starting Behavioral Momentum, and he said, why do you want to start this business? And I said, I think there's a huge need for it. Uh, people are being underserved or they're being served poor quality ABA and they don't know that it's poor quality ABA. And he said, excellent, you should never start a business because you think it's going to make money because it might not. A lot of businesses fail. You should only start a business if you have a strong why behind doing it. And so I've always taken that piece of advice to heart. And I don't, I try not to jump into things unless I know exactly what my why is for doing it. That's a really good point. Yeah, the accountant's pretty <laughs> Not just a number, yeah. yeah, he does. He sounds uh, very wise. Um, and in your own words, what does it take to be a leader? What steps can someone take to see what they need to improve as a leader? Ooh, that's a really good question because I think leadership is really hard to define. Um, and that's really the core of what I'm trying to do. I think leadership looks different for everyone because we all have different strengths. Um, but if I were to narrow it down and give a few pieces of advice, I would say one, be authentic. Um, don't pretend to be someone that you aren't. Don't try to replicate what someone else does because you are your unique self and you have your own unique strengths. And so you should build on those rather than trying to be someone else. Um, 
I think to genuinely care about the people that you are leading. Uh, because if you genuinely care, then you'll make the right decisions for your staff. And that doesn't mean it'll always be the popular decision. It doesn't mean that you'll give your staff everything they could ever want in life, right? You have to balance running a business with providing for the people that you lead. Um, but it means that, you know, if you really care about people, you'll hold them accountable, you'll push them past their comfort zone, and you'll provide them opportunities for growth as well. Um, and then third, I kind of already mentioned it, but always remember your why. Um, when messaging something, remember to tell people why they should care and why it's important, why you came to that decision. Um, if you're trying to problem solve, ask why several times before you're proposing a solution. Um, in general, knowing your why is uh, it's a huge part of the battle of becoming um, a strong leader. It's so funny you say that because if anyone pushed me past my comfort zone, it was you, Katie. <laughs> Since, like, the moment I started working with you, I was like, she's good. <laughs> like, she's, she's getting me to open up and be more myself. And um, actually, authenticity is one of my core values. So, yeah. Oh, Linda, that makes me so happy to hear you say because I think it's something that I... I work really hard on because it's hard when you're in a leadership position because you're not always making the people that you work with comfortable or happy all the time, right? Like if you're doing a good job, you're pushing them just a little bit outside of their comfort zone, which isn't always easy, but it's what will benefit everyone and the organization in the long run. So true, very, very true. Um, and any final thoughts or words of wisdom? obsessed lately with this strengths-based leadership approach because um, so I, I do presentations every week and I research different approaches to leadership for the presentations that I do um, and I recently found a book called strengths-based leadership and it's just resonated with me so I'm spreading the word to anyone who will listen um, but really the concept is um, stop beating your head against a wall trying to fix your weaknesses, right? You're a human being. You will always have weaknesses. No one is perfect. Um, and instead, build on your strengths. Think about what are you good at and build your team around you to support your weaknesses. Um, so a quote that I love from that book, he says, um, the best leaders are not well-rounded. The best teams are. So I really love that because I love working on a team and um, and I know I'm super, super aware of my weaknesses and areas of improvement, but instead of spending all of my time trying to fix that, I can focus on what I'm really good at, what really brings me joy, and then surround myself with people who compliment me and make up for my weaknesses. And that's really, um, that's really the leadership approach that I'm obsessed with. I don't think we get it right um, in American culture very often because we're so focused on being the best. But um, but really, it's about the team and, and leading through a team that is well-rounded. So that's my final word of wisdom. If I can make one impact on people, think about you know building on your own strengths and building your team to complement you instead of focusing on your weaknesses yeah and trying to be perfect which is not gonna happen it's impossible yeah there's no way um and where can we find you 
online or anything anywhere else? Yeah, um, you the best place to start is www.behavioroftheleader.com. That's my website. Um, and I also have a Crowdcast where I do trainings. And so you can subscribe to my Crowdcast, and that's Crowdcast slash Behavior of a Leader. Um, so I do trainings there, and you can follow for free. If you're a BCBA, I do free CEUs occasionally. Um, and then I'm on most social media, LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Behavior of a Leader. I probably haven't posted content there in a little while because I've been busy with other stuff, but maybe this will spur me to actually go update my content there. Yeah, love it. I'm excited to get some CEUs from you. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to need them. Um, awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I've It's been such a pleasure to talk to you and talk about leadership and um, get to catch up again. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me, Linda. Of course. Thank you for listening to Linda. I'll see you next time.